Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadi, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of March 29th, 2019. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? And if you guys don't know, this is our very special artist spotlight on Nishinokana. So... Yay, we did it. We're on time. This is the first time we for actually once. for mm-hmm. once that we actually did one on time and we yes. didn't delay it. I'm very, very excited about this one. I've been preparing for months. I've been preparing for months too. And then I got really disappointed. I've been dis- preparing for about a week. I've been <laughs> and I've been pretty disappointed like halfway through those months. <laughs> yeah, I kinda know what you mean, but at the same time I'm kinda taking it is what it is. But I did get so much enjoyment about singing and bouncing along to songs at work today. Yeah. I'm still mad. <laughs> I know. A lot of soul-crushing things that we'll get into way later. My soul-crushing. It'll be okay, buddy. It'll be okay. <sighs> well, time to go to New York. Time to take up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. How have we been? Before we kind of go into this, uh, we missed you last week, Gray. So how have you been? Oh, uh, pretty good working mostly, but you know, I can't complain much. I'm hanging in there. Looking forward to talking about this. And you, Luna? Fantastic. Just busy. So ready to, ready to dive into this. I'm so excited. I've been singing her songs for the last weeks. Same, same. I've been listening to a lot of her songs the last three or four weeks now. And then 
the person that's in front of my cubicle is just like, why do you keep bouncing up and down? Yeah, I did that today, and I would get questions, and I'd hear my name, and then I I would hear my name, but I'd be so into the song that I wouldn't respond. So my coworker would have to come a little closer, like, "Are you okay over there? You didn't respond." And then you know, you just see me in my cube, just kind of with a big smile on my face and lip syncing while I'm typing, <laughs> and I look over like. Oh, oh, let me pause this. I better take my headphones out now and stop looking Luna, like a weirdo. we're in crisis, and this is how you act. Get it together. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a crisis. I just got asked a lot of questions, and I'd be kind of like ignoring my name until someone came over, like if it was really, really important, which, you know. And then I'd be like, oh, just listening to this and really into this song. So, but, oh, I've been so excited about this, and I've been blasting in the car, so I'm pretty sure my sister is tired of hearing some of the same ones. But when we get into it later, let's just say there are a couple of her albums I did not want to take out of the CD player because I kept listening to them over and over and over, and they were so good. I'm like, oh, one more song and I'll switch albums, and I couldn't do it because I'm like, oh no, one more song, I'm just gonna finish the album. Oh no, it's starting again. I gotta do. I gotta listen to this again. This is so good. Yeah, that's how it went for most of the weeks, which took me forever to get to her last studio album because there are a couple albums I could not stop listening to. So my love is rejuvenated. But yeah, I guess with that, uh, you will be taking you'll, over. You'll hear this. the word "love" a lot. Yeah, as you'll, a, as a you're, you're going to be hearing heads up that a lot. The show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes we mean it. Sometimes we're just referring to a title. It's up to you to figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, with that, it'll be you taking over this episode, Luna. So why don't you take the reins? All right, I'll do my best. So if my speech sounds weird. I have actually had some tooth problems this past week, and my jaw has been in pain. I took some Advil, so I should be okay. But once that wears off, you might hear me talking a little weird. It's just a heads up, everyone. So, as you all know, we're doing the Nishino Nishino Kana podcast. And just a little bit of information is if you ever hear me say Kanayan, that's because that's her nickname, and a lot of her fans call her that. So I tend to refer to her as that a lot. So I'm going to apologize. Or at least now you know that's her her nickname. She has actually been in the music industry for a good long time. And she loved music from an early age. But those of you don't know, her birthday was actually this month, March 18th. And she's you're younger than me. She was born in 89. But I'm just going to kind of dive into her early career and how she got started. So we're going to start with her debut. So when Kanyan was 16, her mother actually secretly sent in a demo tape of her singing. And she sent it to what they called the Miss Phoenix audition. And it's something that Sony holds to find, you know, like the next newest artist. Well, out of 40,000 people who applied, she was in the top. And she got signed to Sony Music. SME Records in 2006. I still can't believe 206. I was in, I was a year older than her. I was getting ready to graduate. So, but, and, and so after Sony took her on, she underwent a lot of vocal training and you will actually hear her vocal changes within her first couple albums. And it is amazing to hear that change. And you can tell that you know, she definitely smoothed out everything and really worked that out due to their training. So in 2007, while she was preparing for her career, 
She was actually studying English at a university, and she had met an Australian duo called Nervo. And they offered her a song to use for her music project. And the song was titled, I Don't Want to Know. So Kanayan accepted the song, and she actually rewrote it into Japanese, but she retitled it, I. And I would go on to be her debut single, which unfortunately did not chart at all on Oricon. And I don't think it sold very well. It is a really different style. Like her early stuff, it's amazing to see how she has transformed over the years, especially with her debut single till now. So we're going to kind of go into that. Her next single, her second one was Goldly Days, which I really like the song. This one, unfortunately, was not successful either and did not chart at all. But her third single actually did pretty darn well. So it was the theme song for the anime Soul Leader. And it was entitled Style. And due to how popular the anime was, this was a very successful single for her. It ended up getting her on the Oricon charts. And it didn't get her like super, super high. I think it was around 47. But it still was her best selling single for that year. And it really, really boosted her career. Because I feel like that got her name out there. Especially for all the fans of Soul Leader. I didn't get on that train yet. I haven't watched it. But I know of it. So You're missing out. I'll get to it eventually. But um, her next one was Makeup, which was her fourth single. And I don't think that did too well either. I actually like one of the B-sides on that song. And we'll get to that later. But it, it's a solid single. I'm just, you know, a little disappointed in chart, but it's definitely, I feel like there's some experimentalism within those first four singles. And you will see that because in 09, her music took a huge style change. And it went from a, I don't even know how, I guess experimental in my opinion, like experimental pop, to R&B. And it went, in, in her first, her I cannot talk tonight, I'm so sorry. Her fifth single Toku Temo featuring Wise is a very R&B song. And this one hit the Oricon. It reached number 40. And it didn't have a tie into anything, which shows... I mean, it shows, hey, you know, she definitely has something and people are noticing it. I love Toku Temo with y- featuring Wise. It is an amazing song. It's really, really good. And we'll dive into that one later. So oh, no, her- I... I highly agree, actually, with that. Probably one of my favorite R&B songs done by her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. There's a couple out there, but this one is definitely one of the top ones. And I think she can pull off R&B so well, and this song shows it. And it shows her vocal range, too, I think. So her next single, which is her sixth one, is Kimini Aitaku Narakata, which became her first single to actually break the Oricon Top 30. So as you can see, I mean, she started out with nothing and just built her way up. So following up the popularity for her sixth single, Kimini Aitaku Narakata, Kanayan released her Love One album three, we- three weeks later. So this one actually hit number four in Oricon and stayed on the chart for a good while. It stayed on there for weeks. So this really boosted her career, even though she didn't hit number one on her first album. The hit number four for a debut album is pretty good, and Love One is a very solid album. It also has a lot of 
unique styles within it as I feel like she was trying to figure out who she was and what style she wanted to do at the time. So, and then we start to dive in to October 09. So not too long after she released Love One, she released her next single called Moto, which brought a new new chapter to her career as it hit number one on the digital charts. And it ended up hitting number six on the Oricon. And I fe- and I love Moto. Actually, the B-side is amazing. And you can definitely see how her style changes. Just went from Love One to what Moto is. And the next one, her double A-side, Dear Maybe, which made number seven on the Oricon. So she followed it up with Best Friend, which made number three. Then Aitakute, Aitakute, which reached number two. So after all of these singles hitting the top 10 for the Oricon, she ended up bringing us To Love on June 23rd, 2010. To Love took number one and it charted for two weeks at number one, but it ranked on the Oricon in total for 104 weeks. That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. For someone who- No, that's super impressive. Who just built up her entire catalog from- all the success that she got, that's uh, tri- quite an impressive feat right there. It is, because if you look at her first two, didn't chart at all, didn't you know, really go in it. And even that, it's amazing seeing how she built everything up. And all the successes of, you know, leading to this album, nothing reached number one until she got here. So it was just amazing seeing her climb. Mm. And the style change with it, because her first album and... I love listening to her vocal changes, too, because how her vocals start out really rough. And I guess you could say kind of like a diamond in a rough in a way. You know, it's still she's still working it out. And then when you get to To Love, she is such she starts out a little rough with her vocals, becomes so smooth and so flowing. Yeah. And, you know, this is to take up on what she did for the. I guess the Garu market here in Japan also, mm-hmm. because during this time she was fairly heavily researched upon for like style changes and style mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Cause she, she was basically the ideal Garu, like an actress or a singer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that kind of helped her with her success. And with the success of Aitakute, I remember that, you know, that, they were interviewing people around the streets during that time during when Two Love was being released and people were like, you know, her style is really great. I really want to be like that style. Her singing is amazing. And this is around the first time when I started taking notices. And I'm looking back, I, I totally forgot that she's been in the industry for that long, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. Uh, you know, looking over to your little your draft here that we have for our outlines and i totally forgot that this was released back in 2010 and this is around the time when i started taking notice because i knew that she was gonna be the next big thing because of what her song style was and it's such a she she had really good powerful vocals and that really helped in i talked it it didn't and i want to say i remember seeing the cover everywhere for i talked day i'm like who is she? She's really, you know, she had a really interesting style and I would mm-hmm, see her around mm-hmm. in the covers. I will talk about it in the next thing is what really, really pulled me in 
is I remember hearing the single I talked to like in passing, but I never fully, fully listened to it until a little bit later. But I do remember seeing everything about her. I'm like, okay, why is she so popular? I probably should check her out. And even after the success of Two Love, I'm just like, yeah, I should check her out because I've seen this album cover everywhere. I've seen a lot of promotion for her. And this is about, I mean, I was, I think I got into J-pop in 05, 06. Yeah, it was about 05. It was, 05, it was between 04 and 06, you know, and now... And so I was pretty, you know, a couple years into it, so I was still discovering new artists, and I feel like she was one of those ones that I just started to discover around, like, 2010, 2011. Yeah, no, same, same, because, like, for example, like, the reason why I found her was because of Arashi, to be quite honest, because they did a bunch of, like, variety shows, and the variety show that they had... um had either Sony-based artists for either dramas or singers and stuff like that. And she was one of them. And they were doing a random bunch of skits. And I was like, you know, this, she's, well, A, she's a very, very beautiful lady. There's mm-hmm. no, get, there's no if ands, or buts about that. There's no getting around that. <laughs> there's nothing getting around that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I was like, man, she, she has a pretty face, but can she sing? But then when I heard her sing, I tucked it and I was like, Oh damn, there Sony has something here. And ever since then, I've been, been a fan, but uh, we'll talk about more when uh, I started to dip out when we get to it. But you know, two love was kind of the beginning for me. I'm starting to change my tune after really thinking about this because I think Aitakute, Aitakute was the first single I ever heard by her. Because I remember I really liked Aitakute, Aitakute. I did not care for the song Grab Bag, which was the mm. B-side on that thing, but I liked Love is Blind. So I remember like listening to the single and then I remember it sticking with me, but then I kind of forgot about it because I think there was a lot of stuff being released at the time. Yeah. But we're going to talk about it in the next song, which made me, or one of the next songs that made me go, bam. Yeah. I, yep. I'm in love. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so strange because, you know, the two songs that followed up before the single or before the album, Best Friend and I Talk Te, those were her standout songs, honestly. On mm-hmm. that album, and that was the the one that made her claim to fame, so to speak. As no no disregard to Dear and maybe Emoto, but those two songs, Best Friends and I Talk to I Talk to, was the two songs that put her on the map, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Best Friend is an amazing song, and that's one yeah. that really stuck out to me when I first heard this album. I love Two Love as a whole album is fantastic. But I agree because Best Friend is one of the songs when I first listened to the album that stood out to me. And then it was always I Talk Te, I Talk Te because of the, how it sounded, her voice with it. It just, it fit. And, uh, you know, you can tell what are the standout ones. And there's another hey. one on here that stood out. It, it kind of stood out. It kind of didn't. Live, it stands out oh, on yeah. the album. It does not. And I think I'll come on, yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, come to my party. Or it's around. I can never get the title right because it's a really, really long song. But I know the whole little dance and the music. <laughs> I have her live. I have all her live DVDs. Oh, it's, it's come on, yes, yes, oh yeah. It's it's funny because you know we we, we talked about how 
she went to vocal classes right after she got found pretty much mm-hmm. and it's apparent because they they had a listing or i want to say around 2012 2011 where the hardest karaoke songs to sing and i talked to i talked to and best friend were on the top because the pitches that she make for uh i talked to is so high especially that one high note there's that one high note in the middle mm-hmm. of the song like uh, a lot of people did not like it because they can never reach that high (laughs) or their voice cracks because of it Mm -hmm. yep you can obviously tell you know and i and it's amazing because you see her transform with her music which is what i love you know you hear her voice her vocals and her style transform with it from love one you can you can hear a lot of that and but it's still amazing to see how far she's come. And to love, I feel like, is, you know, like, a great beginning of, you know, really getting her name out there. And, I mean, this album sold over 650,000 copies and was the third best-selling album of that year. So that's pretty darn amazing. And to this day, it's still her best-selling album. But it puts it off to a great start. And as you can see, after the success of that, she followed up with If in August of 2010, and that was actually the ending theme song for the Naruto Shippuden movie, The Lost Tower. Woohoo! I, I didn't even realize that at first. <laughs> yeah, you know? I didn't know that too be- until I was doing my ending anime theme songs podcast. <laughs> and see, I, I never watched Naruto, but I, I I knew of the song If, of course, and it was it's not a favorite song of mine, but that that really put her on the map too because it hit number five in Oricon and it sold 85,000 copies and it's a great way doing theme songs like that to get your name on there too and get more people to check out your music jeez if it was number five and it sold 85,000 copies I wonder what sold number one during that week yeah I'm kind of curious what did it go up against that would be because you know we're, we're we're hitting like you know average on average week ninety thousand and that's a good copy selling point yeah. if you're number five and you're reaching eighty five thousand Jesus yeah and you're you went you went the wrong week you know, and it could have been something idle she was up against Adashi Hamazaki Ayumi any of those big names back then in twenty ten you know every I feel like early on there were so many. There were a good amount of big numbers probably back in the day. I, at least from what I remember, I, I kind of remember. Okay, that was total of eighty five thousand. Not the first week. Ignore me. It actually sold the first week. It oh. sold thirty five thousand, but a total of around eighty eighty five to eighty nine thousand in twenty ten in total. To to be fair, to be fair, thirty five thousand and number five is still insane. That's still so. really good numbers because we're looking yeah. at what usually like one thousand or like like yeah. twelve thousand usually well, yeah, like, twenty thousand. Like, right, like right now, like if you sell like thirty five thousand, you're either two or three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's a really slowly week, you'd be number one. Like yeah. And you'll see when she did her next one, which is Kimite, and that one sold the first week. It sold forty thousand, and it hit number three. So that definitely showed her more of her success. And I, I really do like Kimite. It's such a beautiful ballad. And I always remembered the cover because I was like, oh, my God, she's really pretty. Who is she? And uh, I also yeah, like yeah. the B-side, that sweater. Christmas Love. That sweater. I know I have the single. I have the limited version. 
Mm-mm-mm. with the ultimate cover. And it also helped that it was part of a really, really popular drama, too. Was it, it was, su- Sukira? Sukiri? N- no, it was part of Free to Walk, uh, Uchi Okao. It was uh, uh, the one that uh, has Ninomiya Kazunari in it. It was really, really good drama to the point that it had a movie. <laughs> I know what one you're talking about now. So Annette is actually Kimite is her best-selling single to date. Well. So it, it's... <laughs> It's all, It also hit over a million downloads on the Chaku Uta and 500,000 cell phone downloads. And I'll, the I'll, RAIJ digital downloads hit over a million. I'll, I'll say personally for me that it didn't make my top five, so I won't be talking about it later. But if you're talking about like songs in her catalog that I, I've listened to just over the past few days, for me personally, I think Kimite was by far her, her most beautiful song. Like just like there's not even much of a comparison in my opinion. Like like this song is so pretty and her voice mm. just shines through in this song. Like really like her vocal talents are on full display. Like it like it, it's like number six. If 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 you know we were doing that, but yeah, like really really good song. It is. It's it's a beautiful one and it. There's no doubt it you know, deserves its title. So the next one is the the single that drew me completely in and made me go, oh my freaking God, I love her. And that is mm. Distance. Mm-hmm. And it, and this came out in February the next year. And it sold, it sold very well as well, hitting number three in the charts. And all three of the songs on here were actually tied to commercials or dramas. So, and I love every... Well, I, I lo- so the first two, I love Distance and I love Beloved. Beloved was my ringtone for I don't know how many freaking years. Whenever someone texted me, you'd hear the whole chorus to that. And I could probably sing it right now, but I'd embarrass myself. I still know all the lyrics. And when that came on today, I got interrupted five times. And I was so upset because I couldn't hear it all the way through that I had to play it again. Next up, she followed it up with Esperanza, which is a very different song than all the other ones she's done because it's a very how do you say what kind of vibe <laughs> oh boy she tried to do the latin america vibe yes. yeah and the name gives it away the it, name gives it's in the name it's very song, latin i bought the single because i loved her and this is when i really got into her i bought it immediately because i love distance so much and then i heard it and i didn't like it when i first heard it i remember being so disappointed i actually really like the song now though I bag on this song a lot, but because of this is during this is during the peak of her popularity. Mm-hmm. The, during these times, like early early tens ish to like mid tens is like where her popularity peak or was was high at the point. Mm-hmm. And Esperanza, even though I, I I give this song a bunch a bunch of crap, but. The song is. I still remember it. I can sing it. I can. I can hum the entire song mm-hmm. because that's how memorable it kind of is. Yep, I agree. I've had <laughs> this. I get that stuck in my head very easily, and it charted for eight weeks. So on Oricon, so Japan agrees it was catchy enough. I guess so. They just want Latin America. <laughs> so it and is it, a <laughs> fun song. Yeah, it is a fun song, and it's funny because you know, like her style changed just drastically changed because of this Mm -hmm. 
I agree. And so this actually led us up to her third album. And I don't know if we want to bring this up now, but in my opinion, I think it's her best album. Thank you, love. And this was the first album I actually got to pre-order by her. So I was, so this album holds a lot of special meaning for me because I really, really got into her at this point. And Thank You Love is a freaking amazing album. It reached number one in Oricon charts, no doubt. It sold over 345,000 copies and became the 15th best-selling album of the year. And the song All Right was used to promote the album. I think Together should have been used for it, but I love All Right. And we'll talk about that because, man, I keep going back and forth on my top five because I have so many songs of hers that are so memorable and that have special ties to about the time I was going through, you know, things I was going through at the time. So a lot of these songs have some type of meaning for me. So dang, I keep going through this and I keep kicking myself. I'm like, oh, do I want this one or this one? But Together and All Right are usually ties for me because I love both those songs in an album. Thank You Love, every single song on this album I can sing. There's not one song I want to skip on it. I have to, this is the album that I couldn't take out of my car CD player for a week. I could not stop listening to it. And it is a solid, solid album. And I just can't, you know, if the, it, if you need to start somewhere for her, I would say start at Thank You Love. Although Esperanza, you know, is like number two on there. But Distance is on there together. I love Clap Clap because it's such a fun song. And I'll Be There was, is such a beautiful song. You got Kimite. I loved Every Boy, Every Girl because it's such a good dance song. And it's just Wishing is such a cute song. And Where Are You? Oh my god, this album is just... I, I just can't say enough how much I love it. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if y'all feel the same way as me. But, I mean, week one it hit 178,000, but it totaled... Over 300,000, which is amazing. I mean, I'll say for this much, I totally agree with you. Uh, this is kind of a spoiler, but most of my top fives are from this album. <laughs> I I know. I was trying to do one from each, but I couldn't because this album, this album holds my heart in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it's such a good album. And it solidified her as a major player in the industry because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And, you know, when we get on to the next one, it solidified that even more so. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when I, when I personally thought it was kind of, it was different. But for the most part, this album introduced her for real that she was going to be a major player in the music industry. I agree. You know she had something. After listening to this, I was hooked. I was sold. This is where I started buying every single she released. And there's very few artists I will buy every single and pre-order it. It's very, very, very rare. And she's one I actually did that with. So besides Tatoe Donani, because I missed out in the first press edition and I was being picky. <laughs> So, but we'll 
So the next single she released to follow up this was Tatoe Donani, which is an absolutely amazing ballad. The cover for the single is so gorgeous, especially the limited edition version. It's shiny. Just like oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I love the cover for this one. I was able to pick up the limited of this in Japan, and I was excited. But this is an amazing ballad. I have the music video on my iPod. Um, this I really wanted this to make my top five, but because I was going back and doing cutting things... I really do love this song. And the B-side, Just the Way You Are, is so beautiful. And that's another really good R&B song that I think she has done. And I feel like it's forgotten because it wasn't on her one of the other albums we'll discuss later. So this one, you know, made the Oricon. Big surprise there. It sold very successfully, physically and digitally. And then she followed it up with a couple more singles. One of them was Sakura, I Love You, which I thought was really a very beautiful single and that's where I started buying them one after the other after the other and I you know you know it's funny with the release of Sakura I Love You this is when she started to learn how to dance Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember everyone online on the internet was like oh she's finally stopped swaying while she's swinging because <laughs> this is the only song that she kind of or this is the beginning of her so-called dancing career. <laughs> yep. And and she's not a bad dancer. She's still not the best. But you can tell from early on when you watch her first couple concerts and you see her and then you watch them now, she dances so much more now. Back then, she just kind of ran around and waved at everyone and showed off her vocal skills, which I thought was adorable. Her first concert is so freaking cute. I love it. Yeah. It, it felt like I've been hearing it from other people online and just from what you said just now, it sounded like she's like a dog that just goes out and bark and sings and then comes back to any other place that she needs to go and sing from. But it's funny because a lot of people criticized her because of that. Because all she does is either she just swings or sways or she just walks over to other people during concerts. And Sakura, I Love You was like, okay, I'm going to finally learn how to dance during one of the songs. So I just, it's, I just, an, it's an I interesting it. song that she learned how to dance yeah. to, but it's a good starting point. And I don't care if she doesn't dance because I will say this, not everyone can sing and dance and make it work because some people just look awkward you know and like there's a lot of singers i would rather have them show up their vocal skills or just walk around and you know and do whatever especially if they have the pipes to back it up i don't care if you can dance you know i will say like mayjay is a very awkward dancer if you watch some of her lives, I like it when she just stands and sings or kind of moves around and sings. I don't care if she dances because she has amazing vocals, just like Kanayan. She has amazing vocals, so I really don't care that if she doesn't dance. I thought she was adorable just walking around and waving at people and, you know, in her stage presence alone, even though she's not, a, you know, dancer in the beginning. But you do get to see, and she is cute when she dances. I think she's really cute because she really tries. And then you, you kind of get like a ballad, which I love the Watashi Tachi single, which is her next single. That is probably one of my favorite singles because I loved all the songs in that single. And I remember getting that in the mail and being so excited because it had a fold out poster with the first press edition and Happy Half Year almost made my top five. And it is a song I freaking love. And Love Like Crazy is also a really good song, but I listened to the single 
nonstop when I got it in the car, like the same three songs over and over and over. So I probably can sing all of Watashi Tachi. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that one. And then followed by Go For It, which is such a fun freaking song. Yeah, it is. It is an amazing song. And it's a very surprising song so much, and I love it so much that it's my alarm clock. <laughs> it makes sense, and it did really well sale-wise. It made number yeah. seven, and it sold yeah. 27,000 copies, which is really good. Oh, it's no, a- no. It's a really good song, and it it pretty much inspires you to just do it, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, it does. It inspires you to get up, go for it, have courage. So that that's one of the reasons I it's such a great song and I think it is a a good way for her as that was the single to follow up after Love Place came out after that which is her fourth album. And Love Place I I do like. I actually think it's a very very solid album and unfortunately it didn't hit number 1. And week 1 it sold 167,000 copies. It hit number two. I'm curious what was up against that. I was going to say, what, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, it made, it was number two, and it sold 167,712 copies, and it was number two. So it's like, it had to have been up against something really, really big for that to happen. And it stayed in the top 50 for about 12 to 13 weeks. Which is pretty good for the Oricon. I mean, it sold very well overall. I mean, overall it sold almost 350,000 copies overall. So, I mean, I thought it was a very... It did very well sale-wise. I'm curious what beat it out because it sold so many. And it had some really interesting songs on it. I mean, Day 7 was another one of my favorites. And Be Strong was used to promote the album, which I thought was really good. So I, and I will say sometimes I forget the title of it because the album cover is very simple and I, I don't know, I guess I feel like it stands out, but compared to her first three albums, I feel like it doesn't stand out enough except I'm like, oh, what's Watashi Tachi on or Tate Donani? I forget the title of place because it's such a simple title that I don't know if it's the title or the cover. That makes it a little less memorable for me, but I know all the songs on it. I put it in, I'm like, oh my god, I love this album. But the title doesn't always ring a bell, so I don't know. In my personal opinion, around this album was the last time I kind of slowly following Ishinokana. Mostly because during that time, I was in Japan, so it was very, very difficult for me to go out and buy the buy all of these songs and especially because you know sony mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult and regardless but around this time this is when i s- started noticing her style change and we'll we'll get to it after her love collection because mm-hmm. i think that was my last hurrah because that had everything i ever liked about her yes and we're almost there so pretty much leading up to love collection she released three more singles so as she was releasing them, I was thinking, oh, she's getting ready to release another album. So she released Always, which is an absolutely gorgeous ballad. And Always sold 
fairly well from what I remember. I bought this day one because it was amazing. It hit number six, selling about 21,000 copies. On, on week one, it sold more than that total. And then she followed it up with Believe, which this was a song that really reminded me of Go For It. But I also feel like Believe is kind of forgettable compared to Go For It and We Don't Stop. No, no, you're completely right. Because I can, until you mentioned Believe was on here, I was like, I don't remember this song all too well. And then I just remember the chorus. And that's the only thing that stood out from it. Well, with yep. Go For It. As much as these both of these songs are higher energy songs, go for it. Is has a much more lasting same power than it did. Mm-hmm. I agree. Go for it, and then we don't stop is a little bit similar, which we'll get into later. But those two songs stood out to me more than believe, and I remember liking believe, but I can never remember how it starts. I feel like this oh, is a very yeah, forgettable same, single. Same. The funny thing is, is the track three on the believe single is story, and I remember that song. I know that song. But the other one, no, I forget the title song, but I remember story. <laughs> okay, so I did a little bit of digging. So Love Place went up against All Best Singles 2 by Kobu Kuro. Oh, Kobu Kuro. That's why. They're yeah, really that's... big. That's not surprising. That explains it. But I feel like coming back from Believe, the next single she did is Nami Da Ido. That one stood out, and that is still, that's also in, like, one of my top songs. It's not in my top five, but I love Nami Da Ido. I love the way it starts. Nami Da Ido no. You know, and once I get singing that, I start humming it. And I, it's a fantastic song. And all these three pretty much lead right up to her love collection, Pink and Mint, as she released two consecutive sets together. And the release of these was to celebrate her fifth anniversary in the music industry. And these, oh my god, you're talking about hitting number one and number two. So these broke records because these are two consecutive albums together for a female solo artist. Both reached one and two spots. Yes, this is the first time she did this and she was the first artist to do so in a long time i think both these together sold over 650,000 copies and this made her the best selling artist by the end of the year these albums came out in november so you know you got a month after that but i mean you think about love place got you know all these singles got released all these albums got released i mean this put her on the map and you know it's just amazing, you know, to see her with these kind of numbers and hit one and two. I love my copies. They are absolutely freaking gorgeous. I still remember when I got them. I was so excited about ordering these. I ordered these both together on CD Japan. Super ecstatic. One of the highlights of the year for me. But, I mean... It just, it's amazing to see her take both spots. And if I'm correct, she kept both of them for a week or two. So one sold 146,000 week one. That was mint, pink. And then mint sold 147. And so mint sold better than pink. And I, I like them both equally. Like everyone has a favorite, but 
I really like them both equal equally. I think I like Pink a little bit better than Mint. Just because there are new songs she included on each of these albums. So Mint had Sweet Dreams and Happy Happy as the new songs. And Pink had Join Us, which I freaking love Join Us because it is such a fun, fun, fun song. And it makes me happy. And it had Lights, Camera, Action. So I really like that she included new songs with these as well as her best because it gave you a little taste of more songs to come and her style. I like Mint more. You like Mint more? I like Pink more because I, I go toward Join Us, but it's such a hard choice because, you know. The, for the me, songs, for, the songs for, that I love, that's why, or on Mint. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, for me, it's it's interesting. For both the Love Collection 1 and 2, I liked Mint a lot more than I did Pink. See, actually, Distance is on Mint, though. And I love Distance, and I love Toku Temo, and I love Summer Girl, and I love Be Strong, and I like Watashi Tachi. <laughs> but the thing is, is Pink had Best Friend on it, and it also had Nami Daido, and it had Join Us. It had, had, na- had Nami Ito, and I'll give it that. <laughs> because that that is my favorite song, one of my favorite songs by her, and one of the songs that was my swan song, so to speak. Because after that, I didn't think that the songs that she did were appealing to me anymore after that. And I think mm-hmm. Nami Ito was the last one. You know, I had this joke where with our other writer, Renford, that during the time that I was a really huge fan of Nishinokana, I was like, you know, hey, I really like her stuff. I really like all of her songs. But she would do this weird thing where she would release a song that I just absolutely loved and then just releases a song, her next single, that I just absolutely did not agree with. And it started all the way back with If... (laughs) Yeah, if I'm still, that's one I'm not a big fan on. You know, because I, be I on it. for 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 me, I, <laughs> I I loved if, but I was lukewarm on Kimite, and it took me a while because I had to watch the the drama, and it was it, it was in the opening every single time, and that's mm-hmm. the only reason why I kind of got over it. And then Distance was released, and I was like, oh man, I love love Distance. This this is my number one song of all time. And then Esperanza came out. <laughs> yeah, I did feel that way because Esperanza, I had the same feelings for, you know. And then I love Tato Donani. And yeah. Sakura, I love you. I wasn't big on it first. I was yeah. kind of a little iffy. It, it was kind of just like, I don't mind the song, but it's just like, uh, it's, it's not that, oh as my God, good. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. 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 And that's how I felt. And then her last three songs before Pink and Mint, Always Believe and Namida Iro. Those were the cementing songs. I was like, yeah, this isn't going to really change how I feel about it. I really love it. But Nami Ido was the last song that I was like, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's And that's how I always felt. And it and that was the end all be all, to be perfectly honest. And see, for me, I kept going. As you can tell, I, I own every single besides her first two. So if anyone has copies and is willing to part with them, you can message me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's funny. But, like, Pink does have Go For It, and you love Go For It. 
So that's why, I mean, I think they're both great collections. Don't make you want to buy them both because one, they both had, you know, new songs on it. Plus, I feel like they both did a good job of picking such a great mixture. But after that, as we're going to talk about it, it's a big shift in her music career with she released her next song, which is a ballad called Sayonara. And it was released a month after her love collections. And being honest, I always remembered the cover of Sayonara, but I don't remember the song offhand. And I actually have to listen to it to make myself remember it. It did sell very well. I mean, it sold, it hit number four and sold 22,000 copies, but it's one that I, I really don't remember that well. It didn't resonate with me as much. And then she followed it up with We Don't Stop, which I freaking love We Don't Stop. That And I remember I was in Japan at the time, and I got to buy this from HMV, and I was so excited when I found it because I got the limited edition copy, and I didn't want to open it because it was so pretty. <laughs> But I really wanted this song. Um, so I this is a fun, fun song. It's a great dance song. And it makes me feel really good. So when I was listening to the album we're leading up to, I actually put this song on repeat several times. And this is probably my favorite song from the album. I I just love this song because it, it's it's a fun feel good dance song and whenever i think of the lyrics kanjiru kokoro ga never keep on suyokunareru i just it just puts me in this good happy happy mood and it, it's one that i really really liked and after that it went into darling which i do like darling i think it's cute i didn't know what to think of it at first but i didn't love love it like I did we don't stop but so darling she did a very interesting thing with this is her first country music themed song and Japan loved it it had a very 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 long chart run and it sold fairly well at number six in the Oricon with about 22,000 copies um I mean it charted and then it dropped and then it came and then it came back and it dropped, then it came back again. So it was like one of those never-ending ones that kept hitting the charts. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why I liked it so much. Because I, I think I woke up with Darling in my head every day this week. And I, I, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm not really a country guy. But every once in a blue moon, I hear a country tune. I like it. Yeah, but I guess this is why I liked this song so much it didn't make my top five but i i did really enjoy darling i thought it had like a good catchy tune to it obviously i woke up every day with it in my head so much so to the point that i legitimately thought it was going to be my number one and it wound up not making my top five which was super interesting but this is a really good song i do like it and if you don't like country give this one a shot because it's it i i would it's like country light. It's like country infused a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you can kind of hear it's like it, country but it's, it's, it's not like something you would, you know, turn on the local country radio station in here. It's, it's still different. It's, it's still very pop, very much got that pop feel to it as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was a, I didn't even realize they infused that, but I could totally hear it, you know, a little bit. And like, why does this yeah. kind of sound somewhat familiar, but not familiar? Well, the guitar's a little twangy. Yep. Which and gives it away. Why? So my dad loves country music. 
Um, not so much. Um, there's a few that I do like, you know, and it's all older country, not any of the newer crap that's out that I yeah. cannot stand. But I, I got to hear a country song earlier today in the truck, so I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're listening to this. Cool. Not my so, thing, but, but Darling was a cute, you know, a very cute song. I will say there were some other songs leading up to this that I liked. When we get to the album, I'll say them because there was a few that I actually really, really liked. Um, and then from there, she went on to the song Suki, which I always remember the cover because it is a beautiful cover. And for the single... And this is a song, unless I hear it, I feel like it's forgettable. It is a ballad. It is a very gorgeous ballad. But at the same time, I feel like it's not as memorable as Kimite or Tatoe Donani. So it just doesn't completely resonate with me. But when I hear it, I really enjoy it. I just never can remember what it is. So all these led up to With Love. And With Love is an album that I also, I, I wouldn't say I, I kind of forget about, but I kind of don't. And I really liked We Don't Stop and Love and Joy. Love and Joy is such a fun freaking song. And yesterday, I was bouncing to this at work. And whenever I hear Sadari Man, I just like, I'm sitting there and I start getting in the mood and I hear Love and Joy. And I'm, I just love it because it's a fun song that put me in a great mood, made me happy. You know, and I also liked Abracadabra because it was such an interesting song because how she says when she asks if you like a pretty girl or naughty girl, <laughs> it cracks me up. And I think it's really, really cute, but really funny. So I actually liked Abracadabra. It was a very interesting one. But all in all, this album, I mean, there's some good songs on it and it did sell very well. It hit number one and week one, it sold 100,000 copies. And of course, I pre-ordered it when back in the day. So, and I mean, total, it hit charted for two, four, six, eight, charted for almost fifteen weeks, and it sold oh, about total of two hundred sixty-six thousand copies all in all, which is really good. And you know, I just feel like. But as you see from Pink to Mint with Love, how it's changed and how her style has really changed. And she starts putting in more of a mixture of poppy tunes that I feel like aren't as memorable as her older stuff. That's just how I see it. Nope, I totally agree with you on that, honestly. So it's like you'll have one or two that really stick out in the album. Like, We Don't Stop is probably my most memorable one. Just because I, I, it's a fun song, but and love and joy stood out to me. But I remembered it being on a single, and I forgot it was on the album until I popped the album in to listen to it. So that kind of shows what I remember. So and we lead into another set of best albums she did, which this is my favorite set of best albums because Kanayan has some of the best B sides. And I don't say this often about artists because there are some artists who, you know, the B-sides are just, I call throwaway songs. I think she has some of the best B-sides and they make me wish they were on albums. And these were her secret collections, which were called Secret Green and Secret Red. And it's pretty much a compilation album that was fan chosen. 
and it consists of songs that are, you know, like B or C sites or singles and also songs off albums. So nothing that was a major, you know, like a major title track. And it's amazing. I, I'm surprised these did not hit number one and two. They hit number two and three in Oricon charts. But if you look at the songs included on this, pretty darn good. Like, Beloved is my favorite B-side. And Every Boy, Every Girl, Story, Sherry. I wish I want that to be in my top five because I that is one of my favorite songs to watch her sing live. And it is an amazing song. I love the mixture of her early stuff along with her later stuff. And it is just an amazing compilation. Not to mention, if you got the limited editions, each version had a different concert. One had her Christmas uh, Xmas special digest, which included seven live tracks from it. And the other one had her Halloween special, where she sings a cover of This is Halloween from Nightmare Before Christmas, which she does an amazing job at. And that also has seven live tracks. And... I just love both of these and it did include a new song in it of course or so, two new songs in the green and same with the red I enjoy both these and I think her fans did a great job of putting these in here and I'm so glad to see a lot of these made it onto the albums there's a few ones of my favorites that did not get included but Missing You also made it, which I will talk about later because I feel like it is a very underrated and forgotten song and it really is amazing. Um, Ken, did you end up picking these up at all? Because I know you liked your older stuff and since this had a compila these had compilations of both, what did you think of the Secret Collection? I picked it up. However, I honestly was like, you know, I enjoy her B-side songs a lot. However, it was... It was kind of like how I felt with Mint and Pink at the time. It was kind of a slog to kind of go through. Because <laughs> it has a lot of good songs. And I'm happy that she released it. However, this was during the time where I picked up both Mint and Pink and this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was kind of... You were overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. <laughs> so, and it was, it was interesting, though. I... I was like, man, you know, like thinking back to it, I was just like thinking, man, it, it felt like just yesterday that she just put those out, like the uh, pink and mint collection, the first ones. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, why is she doing this, this, the, the red and green collection now? And that I didn't realize because during this time I was already done. I was kind of already out of um, kind of news. And I was just like, oh, that's really strange that she's putting two like, compilation albums and then i didn't realize it was her b-sides albums and i was like well now i gotta pick these up <laughs> but you know there's a lot of songs that actually really did like off the album let me just try to remember the the uh, titles hold on i did love my baby and kono mama day from green mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. red red had Missing You, which is also yep. a good song. Yep. Uh, Rainbow and Clap Clap. Mm-hmm. Though This Is Love, the, the first song on Red, is also a good song. But 
Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I love Together, but, you know, that's on Thank You Love. I'm going to listen to that all the time. And Beloved and Sherry. I still freaking love Sherry. I don't know why. <laughs> it's such a fun song. But I, I did you, when you were listening to this, did you have that same feeling of it was a slog to get through? Or did you think, oh, I forgot about these? It was kind of a mixture of both because I got through green because I was looking at the track list because I knew that I was going to enjoy green a little bit more because when I was looking at the track list and I was like, oh, you know, I remember these songs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, it has that song. Oh, it has that song. But I felt like very happy to have listened and gotten it at that time. But when I got to red, it was kind of just like, oh, my goodness. I just I just went through both mint and pink and green and now i'm like going through red and it was just at that point that's when i was feeling the slob but it it doesn't it doesn't take the fact away that it was a really good compilation album and i'm so happy that sony did that of course they did for the money obviously but Mm -hmm. you know it was good on them to have done it so fairly close to each other yeah, and it's nice if you don't have all her singles because, you know, it's buying singles individually gets so expensive and it's so hard to get. And I still kept all mine. I didn't sell any of them. But I wish if they would included the two B-sides from her first two singles. But judging by they didn't sell very well, not surprised. And plus it was fan chosen. The only thing I wish Sony would have done is put the whole dang concert and not just excerpts from it on there. Dog. Gosh darn you, Sony, you always do that. And your cuts they, are horrible. Just saying. <laughs> they they don't learn because they did that for, um, or, or they're doing that for the Nogizaka, I believe, mm-hmm. the limited edition, where they're just doing cuts of different performances. Yeah, and if they released it separately as a separate release, it's like giving you a taste of this is what's going to be on it, I will buy it. I actually own tons and tons of Sony items. I own a lot of Sony products from them. And I mean, CD-wise. And if they would have released both those full concert, even on one DVD or Blu-ray of them together, like one Christmas side, one Halloween side, I would have bought it. And I was really hoping they'd do that. I know they won't now because it's too late. But if anyone from Sony is listening to this, a lot of people would probably buy that if you do, because there's a lot of great concerts you guys have released just on excerpts of, and I would love to own the whole thing. Just saying. So, but I, and, um, Gray, what did you think? Did you listen to Red and Green? And did, I didn't know if you, you thought anything of the B-sides or the. No, it was, it was the two albums. I completely ran out of time. I didn't get to them. And it's understandable. You still got time, you know, so. Yeah. I have all but. the time, as long as I'm alive. <laughs> so after she followed up with the Secret Collections with a very another country theme song called Moshimo Ume no Hita ga Iru no, na, Iru no Nara. And so when I first heard this, my thought was, what the hell did I just listen to? First time I heard this single, that was my thought because I didn't expect what I got. It definitely does have a twangy theme to it. I will say, though, this is probably one of the catchiest songs I've heard in a while. And I actually really like this song now, and it constantly gets stuck in my head, especially after listening to 
the album that this is on. This one kind of made a little bit of an impact on me, and I uh, like the song a lot more now. I also like the B-side Shut Up because it's a lot of fun. So, and then she followed that up with another country theme song called Torisetsu, which instruction manual, and Moshimo Unmei no Hito ga Irunara means pretty much if I have a soulmate. If, you know, for a rough translation. So, and I, I really like Torisetsu, and she's done this a lot in award shows. I, I thought that was actually a really good song. I liked, I originally heard that, and I'm like, oh, I like this one a lot when I got it. And both these did. Well, Moshimo did not do very good. I mean, it did 11 in the charts until 18,000, which if you look at how she was doing and selling, you know, in the 35 and 40,000 and then going to 11 and selling 18, you know, it kind of, it shows she sunk a little bit, but she did come back with Torisetsu as that made number six and told 25,000. So, and and Torisetsu is actually her first single to sell over 25,000 in the first week since Go For It. So you can tell there was a little bit of a decline there for her. And she followed that up with Anato no Suki no Tokoro, Things I Like About You, which is actually, I don't remember this song. I remember the third song in the single called Thank You Very Much because I think that song's really freaking cute. So, but Anato no Suki no Tokoro actually did fairly well, 22,000, number five. And it was actually used for a vitamin commercial. And it also was nominated for Best Pop Song and Best Female Artist Video at the 2016 MTV Music Awards Japan. I'm guessing it didn't win, but it was nominated at least. So. And that's all that matters, that nomination. (laughs) Very true. So, and this all led up to Just Love, which it did reach number one. And which is surprising because Love Plays reached number two. And I thought that was a way better album than Just Love. And Just Love reached number one. So I, when I first heard Just Love, I kind of forgot about it. Actually, let's just admit this. I forgot about this album. I didn't really remember any songs off this except Moshimo Unmei no Hito ga Irunara. Now I'm tongue tying myself. And thank you very much. I think those are the only two songs I actually remembered off this album. (laughs) And thank you very much because of the whistling at the beginning. Which I can't whistle or else I would whistle it for you. But, and and this sold fairly well. Week one, it sold 126,000 copies and hit number one. And re-listening to this as a whole, I think all the songs flow together very, very well. I will say there's only a few really, really standout songs for me on this album. But it this is where I kind of started to also fall out. I continued to buy her releases. But my interest went to having really high expectations to not really having any expectations at all. So, unfortunately... Yeah, and- and I mean that's it's it's kind of sad when it gets to that point when you're with an artist like that because like like I said it's n- nothing against her new style or anything like that it's just we fell in love with 
how distinctive her vocals were in her old style and unfortunately i don't think it matches that anymore and and that's what i felt with this album because it had a very interesting sound it was kind of like a popish country album-ish but it had a mixture of some other styles in there it just wasn't it didn't have her strong vocals with it like a lot of her other songs did it had some catchiness like Moshimo and thank you very much were extremely catchy but I fell in love with her vocals and just the smoothness and the you know I just feel like this didn't have as much of that and yes she's a fantastic singer and she is an amazing voice but it it didn't she didn't showcase it as much in this album. It just went by more pop catchiness, I felt like. So and it kind of leads up to, you know, she had after that, I mean, yeah, it did reach number 1 and she did follow it up with Dear Bride, which was I I do like the song. I think it's very beautiful. Um, she dedicated that. She wrote it and dedicated it to a close friend of hers who had got married. I think it's a very beautiful ballad. I don't think it's her most standout ballad. But I think it's a nice wedding song that is very relaxing. Um, I kind of did forget about this one, too, until I listened to the album that it's on. <laughs> I always remembered the cover, though, and I always remembered she dedicated to her friend as I thought that was a super, super sweet thing to do. And she followed it up with Pa, which I really like Pa. And I thought that was very, very, very memorable. And I think it's really cute. And that's the one song I actually remembered off this album the most was probably Pa. And I think you two probably agree with me on that one, too. And Pa did did okay in Oricon at number five, but it only sold 16,000. Yeah, and I'm with Pa. It's it's hard to think about that. Like it's it's a good song. However, it's it feels like it's not it's not totally there. Mm-hmm. It feels I like didn't... it's 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 grasping up there, and it's so so close. It's like you know, General Cranick saying you're so close to greatness, but you just missed it. And I felt like that with Pa. Mm-hmm. And it was one I didn't like the first time I heard it. I had to hear it more than once to actually really get to it. But I still feel, like you said, it doesn't have that oomph to it. It doesn't have that, you're right there. Oh my god, that is the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it feels like you're like 90% of the way there. And just, there's that one emotion that needs it to be 100% is not there and i feel bad and unfortunately like our first exposure to this for me for me personally was during the the um the kohaku and i was like what in the world is this song if this is what nishinokana is now i don't agree with it and it took me a while to just sit down and listen to it and mm-hmm. i was like eh, it's it's all right but for me to be like it's it's like reaching Namida Ido like levels. Like mm. mm-hmm. it's not even at Namida Ido. And I've I think Namida Ido is for her ballad songs were one of the lower ones in, mm-hmm. in, in her prime. Mm-hmm. For me, 
I, I think the, the biggest problem with Pa is how it starts off. Like, the, the, the opening of the song feels a little clunky to me. Mm-hmm. But once the it, song gets going, it gets a lot better. Yep. And, and that, that, to me, has always been, like, the, the problem with Pa. Is, like, if you can get past the first 30 seconds of the song, you're in the clear. But you got to get past those first 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it's a little clunky because she, she, she kind of almost does it kind of like acapella. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's just like a little bit behind her and then like the the full music kicks in after that and then like i said once the music kicks in it's it's a like i, I enjoy the song but it's like that that opening 30 seconds is just a little clunky and it it, it hurts it it really does so yeah and 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 i i completely agree i actually liked her song girls that came out next a lot better than pa and girls, I didn't really like it first because by the cover, I thought this was gonna be an upbeat dance song. I was pumped. I was hyped, thinking, "Oh my god, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be you know, song called Girls." The cover, you know, she's in this white t-shirt with a jacket tied around. I'm like, you know, '90s dance music. Yes, I get it. It's a slow song. <laughs> and I remember not liking this single at all because I had hopes of it being a completely opposite than what it was. My fault for not listening to preview. And it's a slow song, but re-listening to it, I actually like this song a lot better because it, just the lyrics of the song and it fits with the slowness now and I understand how it is the way it is. So I really, really ended up enjoying this song. And the funny thing is, is it's actually used as the theme song for Nintendo 3DS, iOS, Android game, Layton's Mystery Journey, Katrelto Daifugo no Inbo. So it's used for one of the Layton Mystery ones, which I don't see how that fits. To me, it doesn't fit. But I... It has a very relaxing slow beat to it, and I ended up really liking this song more than I well, remembered liking it. Well, the Professor Layton games tend to have more laid-back slow music, so so it, it, have, to me it makes sense. So I haven't played them, so I don't know, but it's a very more relaxing song. I like the lyrics, and it's definitely not one of her best. That's the thing is I kind of forgot about it, too, besides the cover, because I love the cover. So, And the next one is... Teo Sunagu Ryu, which is a ballad, and again, the cover, I always remember the cover, because this is the one single I didn't buy. I stopped after Girls. I was, I actually had a lot of disappointment, and I was going to buy Teo Sunagu Ryu from CD Japan, but I couldn't spend that 15 bucks in the limited edition version. I couldn't click buy. And I just was afraid of disappointment again. It's a wintry song, as you can tell from the cover. And then later on, I decided I have the money, I'll buy it. It The limited edition version went out of print. So I'm like, okay, not buying it. I finally ended up acquiring it. Mm, this year, actually. And I... But it took me forever to actually hit purchase on it. Be, just because I was so scared of disappointment again. Very dis, you know, and the song's okay. I actually bought it for the B sides, so I just, you know, and as you can, t- it, I mean, it did okay in the ra- you know, rank. It, it was number seven, sold about fifteen thousand, but at the same time, you can really see about the same type of thing. So I did, I decided to get back into Kanyan after this. You know, I did buy Love It, 
So that's what led up to her next album, Love It, which did not reach number one. And it shouldn't have. I'm just going to say it that way. This is my least favorite album. I think this, you know, and I love the cover. The cover's adorable. But, and this album reached number two. and It only sold 79,000. I feel like this sold under every other album by her. To me, this feels like her lowest selling album on day one. And for me, this album was, when I first heard it, I liked the first couple songs because they all flowed together. When you get to, I want to say, it was either Kimigasuki, the rearranged version, or it was Liar. When you get to Liar, it takes a complete turn and you're like, what the hell just happened? A complete style change. It goes from poppy, poppy tunes, you know, poppy, either upbeat or poppy ballads to a wannabe jazz song. I guess that's how you describe Liar. And then it goes to meow. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do that. That's a song. Yes, it's called meow. And my problem with the song is it's like like to be it sounds like an aristocat song it sounds like it came out of aristocats i love aristocats (laughs) but the thing is is this doesn't fit with this album and from there on it actually reminds me of it's like i like the first seven eight songs that i like the part of the first half it's okay second half i'm like whoa 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 what the hell just happened once i get to those two they throw me off because it, it doesn't fit with the album. I understand you want to have a style change, but in the middle of an album, it's kind of like, are you experimenting again? I'm confused. <sighs> I can't. And then I couldn't get back into the other songs because I was so hung up on how it went to this wannabe jazz, you know, from this ballad to wannabe jazz to poppy. You know, it was like a little all over the place for me. And re-listening to it, I felt the same thing because it's the current CD I have in my car right now. So even my sister was like, uh, this is a interesting. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I-, I bet you guys probably felt the same way with me on this one. Yeah, like uh, the only the only thing that's a saving grace for this album is honestly, Paul. And that's how I truly feel. And as much as I bag on Pa, it's it's because it has that potential and and that's nothing in this album. It's like it's like you said, it switched on a dime and I felt really confused and I I honestly didn't know how to feel after that. <laughs> uh, exactly, and, I lost yeah. interest after meow. Yeah, do do that transition again. <laughs> yeah, that that's literally I lost that. I I did like Best Friends Forever, and I did like Were the Miracles, but they're you know it it's just the other songs just it, it throw when once you hear you get to liar and well it doesn't fit. It, it that that's my problem with this, and I it's just a very an album I I don't go back to very often. And if I do, it's like very, very select songs, unfortunately. I do like Dear Bride, but I feel like it's also not a go-to ballad for me. It's a beautiful song, but 
not something I'm going to go out of my way and listen to on its own. So, and it's unfortunate. I mean, and you can tell, I mean, sales-wise, it definitely, you can tell it wasn't her best. I will say the packaging of the album was probably one of my favorite packagings for studio albums. Because their other studio albums didn't really have anything special with them. This one came in a slip box with a mini calendar. And I thought that was really cute. I'm like, ooh, I love the packaging of this. I just wish that the album was as good as the packaging. <laughs> so, it's unfortunate. But, I mean, she she did follow up with two other singles. And, which was, I Love You. And I did buy this. I had hopes for this. I had high hopes for this, seeing the title and seeing the cover. So my hopes were not reached by this because this is probably, this is my least favorite single she's ever done. Um, I like the BNC side way, way better. I really like Tomodachi and I like pop. Um, I love the covers. I feel like this lacks a lot. I don't feel the emotion of I love you. It. I remember when this did chart on the Oricon. We covered this one. Um, I I remember it did make the top 10. I don't remember what number and I don't have that right now. I also remember not liking it then and I still have the same feelings. So I I feel like this is very poppy. No vocal showcase. You know, no, you don't hear her powerful vocals in this. I also don't feel the emotion that I felt in her other songs. I felt a lot of her other songs showed this emotion when she sang. In her ballads. This one I didn't feel that way. I still don't know how to feel about the song. So. And then she followed that up with. This will be your last single. Which her 34th single. Which is Bedtime Story. And this one I actually really enjoyed. I thought this was. A step up. And I thought it was really cute. I really wish if she would have continued. Because I want to see if she would have started to change her style back to where it was or to keep going but I thought Bedtime Story was very cute and I don't I feel like it's a weird one to end it as a hiatus single in a way I know she didn't announce it directly after this but it's the la it's her last single and to me it doesn't feel like it should be a last single <laughs> I, I think I think just life got in the way I mean you just you look That's at true. some of the things that have come out after that and you're like well you know maybe she's just got impatient and life got in the way mm -hmm. yeah and bedtime story was really good i thought it was really cute and i remember we covered it as well and it sold fairly well and after that she released her love collection to pink and mint which when she released those in november i was very very shocked because i felt like i felt like you know she only had with love just love and love it to go off of and I almost felt it was too soon to release two more best albums. So I was kind of getting concerned on that initially. And I, I think, you know, I, I, I like the both, I like both albums. I love that she kept them very similar in looks and packaging wise to original love collections. I don't know which one is my favorite, to be honest, out of the two. Honestly, I wouldn't know either. It's it's mostly because at this point in time, it it was songs that I didn't really grown to love. Mhm. Mm 
I'd probably say mint on this one because I liked you and me. I loved mm. Love and Joy, Girls, Mouchimont, mm. Darling, mm. Pa. I guess I guess that answered it for me. Then Pa is the only good song that I personally liked from her recent career. And this is going back too. Like originally I stayed distant from <laughs> I stayed distant from her other songs after after I stopped. And since I had to listen to a lot of her old or newer stuff, and I was like, mm, I still don't know how to feel about it. And Pa was the only saving grace, I guess. And I think her newer stuff really has to grow on you. Like, Just Love, I, I it actually started to grow on me. And I think it's just because there were a few songs on there that made me, kind of pulled me in to liking her st- her newer style a little bit. But... I do feel, you know, it's a good way to end with the Love Collection 2s. Um, I like that she included new songs with it. It 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 feels too soon, but I understand life gets in the way. And, you know, she wanted to give her fans something extra. Both of these did chart, because I remember they both made 1 and 2 again, which is amazing. I mean, she had two best albums. Actually, technically, if you consider four best albums, make the top 10 charts, you know, and both consecutively. She did the, she released a second set of best, consecutive best albums, and they both charted and made one and two twice. Yeah, she is the first female solo artist to have done so. Yep, and that's amazing, you know, and I remember they sold very, very well. They were neck and neck, probably a thousand copies difference. So it, it just shows that it, you know, she does, she still has the pull, but they didn't sell nearly as much as her first love collection. I mean, you look at sales and this one sold, I want to say they each sold around 80,000 each. Or less than that, I think they sold around, one sold 50,000, one sold about 51,000, if I'm correct, for I think week one. And compared to how her other two sold, over 167,000 each, about that, I mean, it's a big difference in sale-wise. You look at then and now, and you kind of think some people like us might feel the same way, is they fell in love with her career initially and then after Namida Ido I f- I do feel like it's not as memorable. And it's very disappointing to say that, but I will say, you know, who knows, she might not be done yet. So she did announce that she was going on hiatus. She announced this in was it January or February? It was February third, if I'm correct. January right? she announced it, February she said February that was the was- last one. So she, you know, when she announced that, I, I had some initial thoughts come in my head. I did not advertise that in the podcast. <laughs> you know, initially when we announced this, I didn't announce my, I didn't say my initial thoughts. As soon as I saw hiatus, first thing I thought, somebody got knocked up. Yep. That and, or somebody got married and somebody got married secretly or something like that. Just because if you look at other artists who gone on hiatus you know Otsukai is an example um Leah Dizan another example she just left in general oh but yeah don't... <laughs> sorry I love her though <laughs> she's a guilty pleasure <laughs> me too so does Hideo Kojima <laughs> 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 
So, but, you know, as soon as I heard that hiatus announcement, I thought those, but then also, you know, she did remind everyone that, hey, you know, I'm 30. I want to do something a regular 30 year old wants to do. And I'm, I'm pretty much the same age as her. So I thought the same thing, you know, hey, if I were 30 and I didn't get to do any of that stuff, one, I'd want to travel Two, I'd probably want to date and find someone because I'm 30, you know, and you think about all those things that she probably thought about throughout her career. She didn't get to do so many things. So yes, it makes sense. And at her last concert, you know, when she, she did that in February, which that Blu-ray is coming out April 24th. Just so everyone knows, it's going out of print very, very fast. You can't get it on the Blu-ray editions anymore. You can get the DVDs, though. So if you're interested, I ordered my copy from Amazon Japan. But she did her last concert to her fans, and I feel like, you know, very, you know, it's very sad to see her go. But at the same time, she might come back because she's still young. And if she does come back, I really am interested in how her music will change. Because if you look at other artists who've done a hiatus, like when Otsuka I, I'm going to use her as an example, went on hiatus, she came back, completely different style of music that you do not expect. Yeah, it'd be interesting because a lot of her songs is about finding love and finding that one true love kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now that she found it, I wonder how that style is going to change or the tone of her message is going to change now Mm -hmm. yep i was thinking the exact same thing so i i'm really hoping she does come back even if even if it's maybe one or two things here and there and she's not is how do you say it you know releasing as much as she used to you know i mean she's usually releasing three to four singles a year even if she does one or two i still would be very interested to see how her you know Everything in her life, you know, her getting married, her finding love, you know, actually finding love and being in love changes her lyrics, her style, and even it might change her vocals. She might, it'd be neat to see if she goes back to doing her powerful vocals like she started with. So I'm very curious to hear that. And we kind of went into the marriage on her birthday. She actually announced that she got married to her old producer or her former producer, that's a better way to put it. And she had been dating him for three years, which I did not actually realize. They kept it secret pretty darn well. I'm still mad. I mean, they kind of yeah. had to, didn't they? Well, it, well, previously she was dating one of her backup dancers. That was years and years ago, and I know that did not end well, if I'm correct. So, you know, and I feel like, you know, her marrying her former producer that they must have had a very very good relationship and you know showing that she dated him for three years is actually you know she after three years you really have an idea if you want to marry someone and i really do hope that works out for her and she kept since keeping it hidden like that is hard to do and just you know they just imagine they probably couldn't see each other they'd be super secret about it so I'm, you know, I'm happy for her and I hope they get to travel the world and it'd be awesome if you came back to the U.S. You traveled here. I don't think you want to come to my city because we don't have much except a giant arch and but, Anheuser-Busch. But Ken's got lovely beaches. Yeah. Yes. Ken has lovely beaches. I have, I have a Anheuser-Busch and an arch. 
And Anheuser-Busch is, well, not the best beer in the world. We have an airport. So, yeah. And you a got a really track. nice airport. Actually, you have an awesome airport, by the way, because I've been in that airport once when I was going to Europe. I, I have not. The one and only time I took a flight out of out of North Carolina, I went to Greensboro instead of Charlotte International Douglas because Greensboro was way cheaper. Charlotte was a beautiful airport. I had good sushi there. And the only thing is our flight attendants were missing for a while, for half an hour, and I have a feeling they were drinking at the bar. But back on Kanayan, you know, I, I'm really, really happy for her. And I want to see where her career is going to go. Yes, she's on hiatus now. But... It, it's a hiatus. Uh, it's not like she said she retired. And there's a large difference. She'll be back. Oh, yeah, there's a hiatus. And she didn't put indefinite hiatus. So... You know, she could be gone for six months, a couple weeks. We don't know, but, you know. Six years. Weeks. (laughs) Oh, God. It's a couple of weeks. It's not hiatus. (laughs) That's true. So, I'm curious to see. Look at Utada's. Hers has gone on for, whenever she does a hiatus, it's for, like, over, like, four years or more. But I'm curious to see where she'll go when she does come back. I also want to see what her comeback will be like. And I feel like she has something big to come back with, you know. I, I feel like it's going to be a decent comeback when she does. Curious what kind of song it'll be, though. And I look forward to that. I'm really looking forward to see where her career will go from here. I feel like it's not over yet. I don't think oh, she's it's done not, yet. Not even close. Like, she's just getting started. She just, she needs a break. That's, I mean, that's all it is, you know. And everyone needs she, a break, she, and you she's, know what? She's in love. She, you know, she might want to have kids or something. I mean, it's not like she's gone on the record and said, you know, said, like, what her hopes and dreams are for her life. But, you know, she probably just, like, you know, she's in love. She's just, they got married. She probably wants to have a couple of kids. I don't, you know, the uh, the dream mm-hmm. that, that, and, that most people have. And then you guys the are nice killing thing. me inside. You're killing me. Hey, I didn't start that. Hey. I didn't start the kids thing. I just said the marriage. I didn't start the kids. You're killing I, I mean, me. I mean, they've been dating for three years. Just killing because me. you're dating for three I, I years doesn't mean you want kids. Marriage. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm curious what type of song she'll come out with and how this will change her. So that's why I really look forward to her coming back in the industry and seeing where her career goes. I think we all do. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we all want to jump into our favorite songs because mine are all a toss of a freaking hat, except there are two that are locked in for sure. The other three are, it depends on my day and mood. That's all I'm going to say. We'll know when we start talking about them. So because I burned through her catalog in three days i have suggestions that are songs that i genuinely liked but i would not say these are my top five just because you never know sometimes you spend the more time you spend with songs they they fluctuate and whatnot and i just have not had the time to to do that now i will say that this is the order i do prefer the songs in but it could change in time so think of mine as more of suggestions not these are the end all be all i'm gonna die on this hill sort of thing if that makes sense yeah so we should just dive in i don't know who wants to start with what their number five is because we're gonna do our round table who would like to go first i'll do it i'll do it (laughs) like, like there's no diet of roll 
<laughs> if we go by oldest, okay, so, so, we go first, so I don't want to go first. So. Cool. <laughs> so my number five song is "Go for It." I've I've loved this song ever since it surprised the hell out of me seeing her with the cheerleaders. <laughs> I know exactly what song. Yeah, it's it's so funny, and I I love the song to death, and I love it so much that it's my alarm clock every single morning. I wake up to go for it to the point that my friend wanted to kill me because I had it on my alarm clock while I was in Japan and forgot to take it off. And at five in the morning, just listening to go for it blare out scared the bejesus out of him. <laughs> uh, a good scare will wake you up. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. but <laughs> your friend. Yeah, but, you know, Go For It is an amazing song, and it was the kind of song that pretty much was like, oh, this is ins- inspiring for you to just just do it. Just go for it. Like, there, there's nothing wrong if if you just wait on it kind of thing. No, and No, I completely agree, and I love this song because it is such a fun song, and it also gives you encouragement at the same time. I always liked the video. I always found it very, very memorable. I also now, enjoyed Go For It. I thought it was, I, I think it's a good song. Now I got it stuck in my head. I got, gee. <laughs> and, and her opening vocals at the beginning of that song are also really, really Oh, yeah. Good. It's 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 so amazing that just her vocal range during that song specifically is mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. so good. So good. Yes. And you hear that right off the bat, which is amazing. So that that's... You know, one of the reasons I I love it so much. So, I guess I'll go next. So, my number five, the problem is that my number five is both of these songs can switch. So, I'm just going to name them both because I can't freaking decide. I also have a million, um, well, songs I couldn't put on there. And the list was never ending. Well, kind of. Are we allowed to do honorable mentions or should we just skip them? Just skip them for now, cause okay. yeah. um, unfortunately, I probably talked about them already. <laughs> yeah, you're. you're... Uh, that's, what, uh, that's what I was gonna say. It's like you know, like, like you've talked about all of them anyway. So I mean, just just talk about all your, of them except except only one and wrong. <laughs> but I'm thinking of you and ever. Oh no, I talked about every boy, every girl. So I'll go into my ones that go hand in hand. And gosh darn it, I really, really. Okay, maybe there were three that should be in my number five. God damn it. this is literally how i feel because it was originally a tie for number five for all right and together because they're both on thank you love and they're two songs that also make me feel really good and i i really like the lyrics like all right just whenever i hear that if i'm down it just gives me something to know that you know everything's gonna be all right you you know don't worry about it it puts you in a good mood it helps me do my best and together is also such a lovely song because I just I love the lyrics to that one and whenever I start hearing it and when she's all the kids singing with her in the background it just really touches my heart you know working together and always doing your best and I just those songs I feel like me depending on the day they really do go hand in hand for me it's a third tie which I keep staring at because it's been my freaking it was my freaking ringtone for freaking years was beloved because that was one of the first songs I heard, and I have the dang song stuck in my head now. I might have to change it back to my ringtone. So I, I would say for those, it really depends on the day because I can switch out a lot of my number five songs depending on my mood. I mean, I, I have so many favorites of hers, 
and just the feelings those songs give me especially all right and together it's it's just such a a good feeling it, it always makes me happy and makes me cheery even though they're both very mellow songs and you know they're not ballads but they're not upbeat songs so I think it's that mellowness that calms me down and just makes me feel better and beloved's the same way but that's very R&B and now I really want to sing together and I I, I want to put my hands up and wave as I sing so I had a question yes what what was harder, this list or our, your IU list? Fudge. Ah. No, <laughs> so this might have been harder because... Yeah, I was going to say because if I remember correctly, I was looking at your IU list also. There, there was a good handful of songs, but not like this where you almost have a top 20 songs <laughs> song track here. Yeah, and for, so for IU, I have distinct go-to must-have songs that I know all the lyrics to. And there's... IU is harder to sing for me just because her lyrics are so complex and they're very hard to karaoke. For So for me, yes, that was a really difficult list. But for Kanayan, I think it was more difficult because I've karaoke these songs so many times. Or, or I should say karaoke. Um, not I shouldn't say it the American way. <laughs> But I, I've I've sang so many of these songs. Kanye's lyrics are simple but beautiful, and they're not as complex as I use for me. And I don't know if it's the combination of the English with the Japanese. I don't know if it's the type of what she's singing about, as she she makes it easier for if you're first learning Japanese to understand. So for and also, it's her voice is so fluid with her how she sings. It is so, how do you say it, smooth? And I'm not saying IU is not smooth, but for Kanayan, there's something about the style and just, it's so, it was just such a difficult decision because so many of her songs have also resonated with me, but also because Kanayan's are way easier to translate for me. I use because of the lyrics and Japanese she uses were always a little more difficult for me to translate myself listening to them without trying to look up words. Where Kanayan, because of her Japanese, I don't know if it's the simplicity of it for me because she tries to reach everyone of all ages. I don't know if that's it. I'm trying to think of how to explain it, but it's the... I guess there are just so many that I... I'm just always in... I can always be in the mood for a Kanayan song. I use specific songs. And I do go through my faces on her. So I feel like Kanayan, I've always been in the mood for. And there are so many of these great songs. And I mean, there are whole albums of hers. I can't skip one single song. So I, I would say this was way more difficult for me. Especially because there are so many B and C sides of Kanayan's I loved. And I loved, and I can't say the same for IU. Hers were more like direct singles or studio albums. So, I, this was definitely more difficult. Because I probably know so many lyrics for these. And these were also way catchier, I felt like. And I could probably go on and on and why this was more difficult. But I'll just go with these are easier for me to translate. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Ken. I don't know if you kind of felt that I, I mean for 
kind of for for her songs because I already knew specifically her older stuff is the more stuff that I like. So I already knew what five or six or seven songs that I actually like. So if I were to compete this, so to speak, with a a, a, a artist spotlight that we have done so far, honestly, she was probably a little bit more concrete. Even with Scandal, I mean, I love Scandal to death, but like even their list is kind of just like, I could wishy-washy kind of thing while Kana's list, I already knew. I already knew mm-hmm. what songs I liked. I already knew what what um songs that I didn't like. And it was just the order of six and seven probably that 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 I had to fight with internally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, with that, what's your number five song, Gray? Okay, so my my first one, uh everybody knows me. I love my verbal. I love M-Flow, so this one should not be a surprise to anyone. Uh, for my number five, I did Kimi no Koe off of her very, excuse me, off of her very first album, uh, Love One. I I don't like the way like the song opens initially, at least like her opening vocals. But once Verbal kicks in and says it's a one-way love, like that, the song really hooks me, and it's a really good song. It, it's very pretty. And it's pretty long, which is another reason why I'm kind of like why it's number five because it, it, I think it, it overstays its welcome just a little bit. But it's a really, really good song. The verbal rap's super good, and it, th- this song is really, really good. No, I I completely agree. This is one thing that that I actually love, and it's probably my number seven, honestly. She yeah. did she did one with Wise that I actually really liked. Mm-hmm. And so, Wise returned to flav- uh, favor by having her being featured instead of being being the uh, featurette instead. And it's it's interesting. Like this was during after Enflo just kind of dissolved, so it was kind of interesting to see him Sign up with another Sony artist with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was yeah. Aina Kutemo he did with her on Love Quest. Yeah. He also did a couple other songs with her. Actually, he did one. He did a lot of songs with her. Or no, I meant no, he didn't. I uh, never mind. Um, I'm never mind. Ignore me. He did do other songs <laughs> with her later. He did By Your Side as well. That was later on. Sorry, I was just I, I looked at something else. Ken, just so you know, you're talking about my number four. What? <laughs> <laughs> so if you just want to wait what you have to say and hold it for the... My, my, oh, no, I'm song. pretty much done. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and I'm not going to say too much about Kimi no Koe because this also makes my list as well. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go on to my number four, which is always, honestly, you can switch this and Namida Ido on a dime because these two songs I love. And these were the last two ballad songs that I actually truly, truly loved by her. Always is very, very powerful. And this is one of the reasons why I love it. Mm-hmm. One one of the reasons. And, you know, starting off with that piano is such an amazing thing. And you'll notice that throughout a lot of the songs that I'll mention. That if, as long as you have a really good piano... 
You you you're on my top list already. Mm-hmm. But you know, these this song was one of the one of the last ballads on side truly truly loved by her. The cover is amazing, by the way. If you oh, guys I, ever do, yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I have the limited edition version. It is a beautiful cover for the single. I love it. And this song is gorgeous. This is one single that I loved every song on that C- CD as well. And it did not disappoint. It is a beautiful, beautiful song and video. But yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll have more to talk about when I get to my number twos. But mm-hmm. yeah, like the four, four and, you know, five, as much as I love these songs, these were like my backburner songs. And I love Nami Da Iro. Nami Da Iro, such a, such a good song. If we we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, songs that just missed it, it would have been Nami Da Iro. But, but yeah, continue on to your number four, Luna. So mine is Missing You, and this was actually on her B-side of Molto, and I love the cover of Molto, and this also made her secret collection. Missing You has been a song that the first time I heard it, I fell in love with it. It is a glorious ballad, and I feel like this one really shows her raw vocals on this, because... She didn't have her have them all polished by then. You know, if you listen to ballads like If and Kimite and Always, you can, you know, you hear her, they're more smooth. But this one, it has some kind of a little bit of like roughness to it. But that's one of the reasons I love it because it has so much emotion to this song that whenever I hear it, it actually makes me really sad. And makes me want to cry. And I've actually cried to this song before. This song has brought me to tears. And it's the emotion she shows while singing this. And just, you know, the feelings when I heard the song at the time. You know, it really got to me and spoke to me and what I was going through. So this one has always been my list. And it's always one of my go-to ballad songs and... It's just just beautiful. I I can't say enough about the song. I I highly recommend, you know, anyone checking this one out. Um, And it's a good way to see her transition because this is right after Love One came out. So she's still harnessing and learning to control her vocals. And I love that aspect because you really hear that in a song and such a good transition. And so there's not too much more I can say just about, you know, it's just you know it's one of those songs that just makes really makes you feel a lot of emotions oh no you can tell you can tell with her vocals that there was so much weight behind it mm-hmm. and that's what i, I it, it's that's what makes it such a good song mm-hmm. i agree and that's what really gets me when i when i first heard her first heard this i'm like you know you know there's a story behind it when you hear her sing this with her emotions and you hear her voice cracking in it. You know there's something to it. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I love it. And it's portrayed, portrayed so well. Um, Gray, what's your uh, number? Who are we doing now? Yeah, what? let's continue on with your number four. We kind of already yes. spoiled it, but... Yeah, <laughs> no, that's okay. 
So number four is uh, Toko Tenmo, uh, which is the second track on her first album, which is Love One. And oh yeah, I, I love this song too. I love the just it's a really good song. It has a really good flow. Wise does super good job on this sucker. And his rap solo is really, really good in this song too. I, I really, really love the rap solo. It has a good flow and just the way that her voice uh, goes in with the tune and the melody. Th- this song is really, really good. And honestly, if you chop off like the 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 prologue and the epilogues that she puts on her albums, this is technically like the first track. And if it was the first track, it would have been a super great way to actually start the album. But she has the prologues, so we can't technically count that. But still, stellar song, even at number two. This was a great way to start her very first album, and this is a real solid song. Um, I'm also a huge fan of this song. This song actually got me into Wise because I didn't, I knew who he was, but I didn't really listen to much of his solo work. I knew him in the Teriyaki Boys, if I'm correct, because he was a part of that. So, but hearing his rap in this solo, it showed like, Holy cow, he is amazing. And you know what? Her vocals with his rap is a great combination. And it also shows off her R&B style that she has the vocals and the style to pull off R&B so well. And I just love it. Yeah, I mean, there's. I guess I'll uh, continue on to my number three if you don't mind. And that is Tatoe na Donani. And once again, like I said, if you... The piano on this is such brilliantly composed. And everything of this song is just perfect. Just, you know, when she... It builds up to that rising part midway of the song and just leaves you on a cliffhanger. It's such beautifully composed composed and executed that it leaves you on that that gas of fresh air that you just need and i just love that song because of it i i agree with that the piano is beautiful the execution the you know just everything about the song it is a glorious ballad her vocals with it are just beautiful and right now now i have the chorus stuck in my head Tatoe donani donani suyuku. You know, and I can't, I cannot do her vocals, and I can understand why her songs are so hard to sing in karaoke because it's just amazing how she pulls off these songs and the execution, everything is just on point. This song is no exception, and the cover for this one is so pretty and shiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she and, looks in that beautiful red dress. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I mm-hmm. love the music video as well. It's a beautiful video, and it's just another great ballad by her. And this is also one of my favorite ballads. And I wish if it it came really close to making my list, I really could not choose because I there's so many go to songs of hers I have, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah, and you know. Watching this live and like 
music station or something like that where you know she during the chorus she she grasps up towards the air and grasps it towards her chest it it's so elegantly beautiful and i mm-hmm. just love it i love it i just love it so much like if the my top two songs wasn't my top two songs you know this would have been number one Mm-hmm. yep i can see that so <laughs> and so we'll go into my number three which was gray's number five so it is kimino coil and this was another song I fell in love with. On Love One, when I first heard it, I fell in love with the song. First listen. And I was already a huge fan of Verbal from M-Flow and M-Flow in general. So that was one of the reasons I'm like, ooh, I'm probably going to love this song anyway. But I should listen to it first. And her beautiful vocals with this, with the R&B, with his rap. And just the way when she first sings that line, Kimi no koe wo kikasete hoshi no negau tabi. I mean, I I can't hit those vocals she does. And when you hear her go high up and do those notes, it is just amazing. The range she has in her vocals, just the power of this song and the melody of it it flows and verbal's rap flows so well with it and they always make it work in composing i love it i i cannot highly recommend this song enough and this i always listen to this song and i used to sing this when i first heard this i'm sure everyone at my retail job was sick of me hearing singing this i would sing it out loud because they would ask me to speak japanese to them I'm like can i just sing because I feel awkward if you can't respond to me conversationally. So I'm going to sing a song. And I would sing Kimi no Koil. Off key because I can't sing very well. But I would <laughs> sing it. And everyone was like, holy cow, how do you know that? And I'm like, well, I've listened to this song enough times. And this is it. one that resonated with me so much. I, I cannot say enough of how much. I'm like, it has to be in my top five because, man... I sang this all the freaking time, and I still know all the lyrics. What about you, Gray? What is your top three? Well, it's a song I talked about earlier, and I said it wasn't in my top five, and it is, so that was my mistake. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I guess I got my wires crossed and confused. So anyways, so my top, my number three song is Kimite. Which, again, yeah, we talked about earlier, but I'll, I'll go a little mm-hmm. bit more in depth. Like, this song, like, this is the type of ballad that I, I kind of tend to fall in love with, is what powerful vocals she has on display here. And even though it's a ballad song, it does have a very nice, quick tempo to it and moves at a very good pace. And and I'm always I've always been like one of those people where like like pace and flow in a song are super important. So if you nail the pacing right, because even slow songs can drag a little bit, and and especially when you're dealing with ballads, it's the last thing you want. You want a good pace through the whole thing, so it doesn't feel like the song's dragging along. And like the way like the song just flows and it moves from one verse to the next is very seamless. Just the way that the music transitions into it and out and like the first time i heard it it just like really grabbed my attention 
I think I died actually because I was playing Bloodborne. And uh, yeah, yeah, like I, I just could not stop listening to this song. So, <laughs> so like, like, absolutely. Like, I, I know I said it earlier, I will say it again. I, to me, this was by far her most beautiful song. And I could not recommend this song enough. Really, really good song. I also really like Kimite. It's it's another one of my ballads that has really grown on me. Because when I first heard it, I wasn't sure what to think of it. But I did fall in love with it over the years. And especially that chorus. When she starts singing Kimite, Kimite, na 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 na. You know, and that is such a hard song to sing because of how she does her vocals. And I, w- I would imagine. I would, I would imagine it'd yeah. be very difficult. Yeah, song, she so. she has super high vocals in this song, particularly. Mm-hmm, she does. It's very, very, very difficult to sing, but it is a beautiful song, and I I agree. It's it's one of her one of my top ballads by her, but it also had to grow its way up there. But yeah, I guess we'll go on to my. My number two, number two, and that, and that is distant. Uh, to be quite honest, this is the number one listened song on my podcast, on uh, my iPod. The lyrics just speak to me. It it truly does. And you know, it it during this era of kind of it 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 does that a lot to me. All of her ballad songs do that. The music video is just beautiful. The the colors that they use for the music video and the cover, for that matter, is just simply amazing. And she sits on this chair, like in the music video, and it just shows her like the queen she is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, one of the lines that just got to me—it's the second line, um, or the second chorus not well not chorus i don't know what you call that the interlude but oh i uh, the verse the verse the verses yeah the second verse that got to me you know she's doing all these things wearing wearing all these clothes that she thinks that this guy will like listen to the music that you know he likes because you know it would have that effect of you know just having him next to her kind mm-hmm. of thing and it just shows that she's doing all these things just to be close to that person and one of the lyrics is just i just want to melt in you into you and that that song distant distance is probably one of my favorites and if it wasn't for my number one song like I said, this would probably be my top song also. I mean, it's my number one listen song on my pod, on my iPod also. Like I think it's like a thousand or two, give or take. I, I love the song to death. Like I really, 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 truly do. And it's an amazement of what she did for the industry from this song, and it, it solidified her as one of those tops, like I mentioned earlier. I agree, and uh, I, I'll add a little bit more to this when we get up to it on mine, but uh, 
I, yep, I could not agree with you more. That's all I'm going to say. Because, <laughs> yep, Ken knows exactly where I'm going to go with this. So. Oh, and it's my, is it my turn to do number two? It is yes, my number two. Yeah, yeah it is. Your yes, so it is. So my number two is Best Friend. And it's from her two love album. So I, the first time I heard this, this was, I freaking loved it. And it reminds me of me and my best friend. And I love him to death. He is amazing. So whenever I think of this song, like I literally think of all the great times I have with my best friend and I've had with my best friend. And it, it's just a beautiful song. And as soon as the she starts singing in a song, like, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. And I was kind of, you know, the, I remember seeing the cover around, and for a while I didn't listen to it. And then I did, and I'm like, where has this song been all my life? And her vocals in it are astounding. It's, it's an extremely hard song to sing, and I know I cannot pull this one off. It... But it really hits me and it puts me in such a great mood. And if I'm down, I'll always put this song on. This is my go-to song and I've listened to this, I don't, probably, I don't know how many freaking times. I made a playlist of all my favorite songs and this song always ends up on my list of no matter whatever playlist I create for the day, Best Friend is on there. Because whatever she says, Sukira, yo, and she goes up so high, I'm like, can't do that. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why people don't like this song. Because <laughs> karaoke is so difficult. Oh, yeah, I could never do karaoke for this song. I would fail because of how she goes up so high in this song. And you really hear how amazing her vocals are. I mean, this, I think, is one of the songs that showcases her vocals the best. Mm. It's, it's quite funny because... On for karaoke, I don't sing male songs all too much. I sing mostly women's songs or female artist songs. And it's just funny because I was at that point where I'm like, oh, you know, it's a fairly easy song to sing to. Mm -hmm. But then when I was like, oh, okay, all my friends, they like to do the competition mode on the Japanese karaoke machines. <laughs> it gave me straight zeros when I was doing the pitches. <laughs> for it because you can't reach it i well personally i can never reach it unless you know i get kicked in the nards or something like that but i'll <laughs> never reach that high i was about <laughs> to make that joke i'm glad i never did competitions because you know watashi tachi no sukira yo like and then the little things afterward right. she, and yeah, it just goes, goes up <laughs> yeah i'm like nope that's not no 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 my vocals and it, it just showcases how amazing she in the vocal range she has so and you don't realize it until you really get to her to love album is how her vocal range really does go and this really set the bar for me is song wise and now I have the song stuck in my head, and I'm sitting here swaying to it with a smile on my face. So, but it's amazing. I highly recommend checking this one out, too. And this one is on YouTube, if I'm correct. So you can actually watch it and check it out. Just saying. So, Gray, what is your number two? 
Well, I've been giving this a lot of thought, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you guys a little bit. So, because we we already have all this stuff up preset, so they 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 can read what I have, and I, I've been thinking about it, and I've been thinking about, it, and I'm gonna flip flop my one and two because I I have my reasons. So, my number two song I'm gonna say is Yeah, off of her Just Love album. I. I really, really like this song. It's super infectious. I just love the way it opens. It's got a really good hook. The way her, her voice flows in the song really pulls everything together. And by the time you get to the chorus, you're right there just singing along with the song. Like you just get your head bobbing. It gives you really high energy. It, it is a really good song. I, I really, really liked it. It, it falls in my wheelhouse of songs that I typically like, like super poppy. That's what I go for. So that's probably one reason why I really gravitated toward. Yeah. But I really, really liked. Yeah. And I, I think it's a great song. I'm trying to remember which one this is off this love. <laughs> I mean, just it's, love. Oh my God. This is love. It, it's near the end. I mean, it was really the only song I, I really cared for on the album. But yeah, I'm trying to remember because I, I always remember Thank You Very Much because of the whistling and Moshimo because of the really very country like beat to it. Um, now I'm trying to remember. I'm going to have to go pull out. I just listened to this album, too. It's number five. And I remember you and me because I remember it's just you and me. It's just you. And so I'm trying to remember what. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I think go back it, and I think it falls under like the generic pop banner i i get i get stuck with so if you're forgetting it it's fine because it's, it's a generic pop but song. now i want to go back and listen to it though okay yeah <laughs> it, it, it is real, to me like i said to me it's like really really good i, I really liked it it's, it's, it's super upbeat and i just i like the way that flowed she has other upbeat songs but to me this is like i really really enjoyed this one the most so i, I that's why i went with it it's always good to find one that is really fun and really sticks with you and yeah. Makes you happy and makes you want to go, whoa. Gets you off your feet. So. Yeah. And looks like we're getting into our number ones. Yeah, our number one. And I'll start off like per the, per the order. And that is If. And this is the song. This is This is the song. That made me fall in love with Kana. The lyrics hit me at a time that helped me convey what I felt for someone at the time. And it was just beautiful. Everything with the song. The piano. As cheesy as it sounds. It's, 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 it's such a great song. And honestly, this song would be probably one of the songs that I would want my wedding to have. That's how much I love this song and how much I feel like it's a part of my life because of that. And, you know, when the rise for this song, when she just when the music just stops and she's just continuing and it has that choir just building up there's there's nothing like that in my opinion mhm there's nothing like that 
You know, the funny thing is, is when I first heard If, I didn't care for it, but then it really, really grew on me. And I know what you mean about the lyrics because when it, you know, when you translate it and you, it hits you and I feel like it's a song that really resonates with people and that's what makes it so great. And it's a song I actually appreciate so much more, you know, after I think the initial hearing of it, I didn't care. And then later on when I bought her, her two love album, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a two love. It was thank you love. <laughs> My brain's fried right now. Sorry. On thank you love. When I bought that album, I actually, when I listened to it as a whole, I really, really liked it, and I ended up thinking, I didn't like this initially, but now I really, really love this one. So, and I, it's a gorgeous song. I mean, it is beautiful. That it is. And that's one of the reasons why I just love it. And now I have it stuck in my head because I'm thinking of it. Every time we <laughs> talk about one, I get it. It's, so most of them go in my head automatically, and I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, like like I said, like going through this, like because I I really really like Nishino and a lot of her older songs because it popped up in our top fives, I just have it in my head. It's mm-hmm. just, it's always there. It's always there. Mm-hmm. Check out a small preview of the song after this. <laughs> Why don't we continue on to your number one, Luna? So my top five was act- my number one is your number two, which is distance. And distance is actually my current ringtone for when my fiance calls me, which is really funny. Uh, but <laughs> yes, it is. I'm not kidding. Uh, it's been like that since 2014, since when I went to Japan or whenever I traveled, I would change it to that. So uh, certain people have certain ringtones in my phone. So for a while, I should change it back to Beloved because his switch is between Beloved and Distance, <laughs> which is funny. And now, for some reason, my phone defaulted everyone to Distance except one person, my best friend, who gets driving <laughs> by Coda. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, me and him are Coda freaks, too. But right. Distance is the song that I was at work one day and my phone was on. I didn't realize it, and then I hear "Oikaketemo, Oikaketemo, Tadoka Nayo, Tadoka." I cannot sing. Tadoka, <laughs> you know. And then I start singing. I'm like, "Oh crap!" You know, every time, everywhere, Kimi no Kokoro misete yo, nani yori moto, dare yori moto, Kimi mo sharimeni kala. Yep, yeah. I start singing that, and then I'm like, oh, "I probably should pick up my phone." 
But yes, that's that whenever that ringtone get goes off, I get so excited and I start singing it instead of answering my phone. I did that in a car. Actually, this is funny. I was listening to this album in the car and my fiance had called me. And so my phone was on because I was waiting for him to call me. But Distance was playing in my car and I'm singing along to it. And then I happen to look over and my ringtone's going off. So they're both going off at the same time. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I almost missed the call because I'm singing along to the dang song in both ways. And I was just laughing because at the same time they're playing. And they, they were pretty close in beat too. They were almost on sync. To my phone and my stereo. So, yeah. That that sh that shows I was so excited about that. And now I want to make a whole bunch of Nishino Kana ringtones for my phone. And start putting everyone to one of her songs. And that's what I used to do. Just pick a song and match it to someone. So, this song is always... I. Ever since I heard the song, I loved it. This is the song that made me love her. I mean, the first one I heard was Aitakute, but Distance is what made me love her. The vocals, the melody of the song, I mean, this is what drew me into her. It drew me into her voice, her music, everything about it. Um, I love the lyrics to it. I mean, it... It is a song that still resonates with me today and will always do that. Whenever I hear the song, I can't turn it off. Speaking like my ringtone, I sing to it until the very last second. I have to answer it. So it, it's just something that's always stuck with me and I love it so much. I cannot say enough that this one has impacted me. And like you, I've listened to this song, I don't know how many freaking times on my iPod. I need to count and see how many, but this is probably, I think this is in my top five most played songs. This and Kodokumi's Taboo are, I think, my top two most played songs. I don't know. These two are both always neck and neck. So, I, this is the one of the reasons I bought Thank You Love. I mean, without hesitation, I bought it because of the song and also there are other songs I liked off that album too of course that whole album was fantastic but this is the song that sold me this will always be the one song that I always remember plus that cover is what made me listen to the song because I'm like oh my god the cover is gorgeous I want to listen to this listen to it and I'm like I'm a fan I'm a fan sign me up right here where's the rest of her music <laughs> so this is what got me to love her. Check out Luna song after this. Get them 
is your number one? Unless, I know we already talked about distance, so I don't think there's any more comments on that. No. No, it almost made my, my list, but I, I don't have anything to really add or say. It, it's a good song. And that, that, that's it. Uh, for me, my number one, I'm going to try to talk about this without crying or choking up. But it was a song that I heard and it hit really close to home and really spoke to me. I, I looked at the lyrics and I, I kind of just bursted into tears not really trying or looking and the song is called mama and i don't know what i think it was like a b-side or something because it's not on any of her albums it is on the love collection to mint near the end of the album and th this is a beautiful song it, it is a love song it, it's a slow s ballad but the song is addressed to her mother and it talks about how you know, they've had like a, a rocky relationship and that um, she's trying to get better and that she really, really loves her mother. And this really reflects mine and my own mother's relationship in a lot of ways. M me and my mother were two sides of the same coin growing up. We butted heads all the time and we, we had a rocky relationship for years. And, you know, as an adult, you know, it, you know, I've, I've grown to, you know, to see how much my mom means to me and how much I love her. And, you know, I haven't always showed her that love or appreciation she deserves, but, you know, you know, you know, as an adult, you know, I've tried to do better and I've tried to show her that, you know, I love her a lot and she means the world to me. And, you know, you know, I went back and forth because I'll probably listen to Yell a little bit more than Mama. But when you have a song that elicits such an emotional response, it's, it's kind of weird to, to talk about liking Yeah more than Mama because, you know, th that emotional response is partially why we listen to music. And it just gives that, that you know, that, that's part of the reason why we're here. And this Mama just, it just, it just hits so close to home. And, you know, I, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, what I'm going to say and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I, you know, I start tearing up a little bit because, you know, this is, is, is such a powerful song and the message that it has to share is, is so great. And it's something that honestly, you don't really hear too often in music, especially in modern pop culture. Right it's always about falling in love with somebody or, you know, having a nice day or whatnot. It's very rarely about paternal relationships and trying to be a better person and trying, you know, and just, just loving your parents. Like that's a very, very rare subject matter for a song to tackle. And she, she does it with such grace and beauty. And it, it's definitely a song. I, I, I can, I can't recommend it enough. It, it's so good. And, you know, if, if you love your mother, all I can say is listen to this and it, it, you'll have a resonation with it. That I can promise you. Yeah, Mama is an amazing song. And I, I feel for you in that way, in that regards.
also very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, the lyrics in that song are very, very touching. And it's it's such a it's a beautiful song. Lastly, check out Gray's song after this. I was in my truck, I was wrong. Sorry to end on such a downer. No, no, so, sorry. I needed a minute to compose myself because, you know, you it's it's such a personal song for you, and that's yeah. what's important. In oh yeah, you know, with these songs, you know, it helps us, and you know, it connects us in a way that we never thought that it could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. But yeah. Hi, I guess right. We were about two hours and 30 minutes into our podcast here. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed our lovely, lovely in-depth look at her career and me being very, very angrily that she got married. (laughs) (laughs) More on that on the 2.5 episode if you guys like that. But yeah, you can follow us at the usual things on Instagram and Twitter at ongakidu. You can follow the site at ongakidu.com. You can follow our affiliates, uh, Koryu Hunter. He is a Japanese Twitch streamer and our good personal mailbox, I guess. <laughs> well, hey, I haven't sent anything to him in a long, since last year, which is good. I, yeah. I, I stopped because I don't want to, you know, be... Yeah. but yeah you can check him out at twitch.tv slash koryuhunter k-y-o-r-y-u-h-u-n-t-e-r you can also check out our other affiliate TimberTab he's a Twitch streamer in his own right and he does lovely little projects here and there by doing English covers of anime songs and you can check it out at twitch.tv slash TimberTav t-i-m-b-e-r-t-a-f-t and you can check out past episodes of the gaming podcast that I did called Podosaurus. Uh, it's fairly similar in vain, but we go off the rails all the time. Unfortunately, it's on hiatus, kind of just like Nishinokana here. <laughs> oh, boy. Bringing it around. Like Bringing it around. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm the, I don't know if anyone's getting married during that time. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you can check it out at Podosaurus. Just look at all the lovely... Uh, podcast services that you see it there but yeah uh, i want to thank you guys for listening uh, to our lovely little episode of nishinokana and uh enjoy all the extra news because i think we have like (laughs) 
like 20 or so news queued up already. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, enjoy- it was a busy news week. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that. <laughs> but yeah, you guys take care and have a wonderful day. Aloha. I want to thank everyone for listening to the episode on Nishino Kana. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And I enjoyed this very much going through her career over the years. It made me very happy. And it gave me something to look forward to as well. I hope it gave something for you guys to look forward to. I look forward to next week and all those lovely news articles. This is Luna. Have a wonderful rest of your week. I'm signing off for tonight. And this is great. I want to thank you guys again so much for listening to the show. I had an absolute blast doing this. I know it was a little quiet. But I had a wonderful time going through Nishi Nokana's album history. She is a very talented artist. And definitely check her out. So glad you guys are here with us. And this is Gray signing off. We'll see you next week.